Hi, everybody. Thanks again for joining another Selling From Why podcast. I'm your host, Andrew James, author of the book, Selling From Why, A PEO Story. On today's podcast, we're going to take some time to dive into the initial meeting, that first meeting between yourself and your prospect. What are we going to make sure that we do in this meeting? things that we need to make sure we avoid, and how do we ensure we get a successful outcome from our very first interaction with our prospect. Thanks again for joining. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And once again, I'm your host, Andrew James. This is the Selling From Why podcast. On last week's podcast, we really began to explore the idea of the why philosophy or the why methodology in our sales approach. And as we move forward in future podcasts, we're going to begin to demonstrate how the why methodology really makes a difference in the way that we present our sales process as well as the way that we present our information in the sales process. Today, what I wanted to do was take a little bit of time to explore some tips and tricks to the initial meeting for salespeople in the PEO industry. As we mentioned on last week's podcast, when we began understanding the concept of why, we started changing the, the, the conversation that we were having with our prospects during that early stage of the sales process by moving away from talking about what we do and focusing in on why. We found that by creating alignment through the why sales process, we were better able to move the prospect from the initial meeting to the proposal. But some questions have come up over the last week from some listeners, and some of those questions were really referencing what are, what are the ways that you're able to be successful in the initial meeting? And I struggled to answer some of these, and I, I will be very honest, this is probably my fourth or fifth attempt at recording this podcast, and I finally decided to change what I was, what I was talking about. Rather than giving a full account of the sales process, that we explore in an initial meeting. What I wanted to do instead was really talk about some common tips and and some common mistakes that I see many PEO salespeople make in their initial meeting process. So today that's what we're going to cover. So one of the first points that I want to make in today's recording is to really talk about the goal of the initial meeting. I think that this is probably a pretty interesting subject for many listeners um, and for those that have been in the PEO industry for a, a length of time now, I think that this will be something that's quite relevant. And that subject is, what is the goal of the initial meeting? In other words, what are we trying to uncover? What are we trying to accomplish? What's the outcome we're looking for in the initial meeting? I think that the first thing we need to do is to express the need to have an outcome. In a lot of cases, when I ask my sales team or I've asked salespeople in the PEO industry, what's the purpose of the initial meeting or the first meeting or whatever it happens to be called in your specific PEO, a lot of times the answers I receive are, I'm looking for a good meeting. Some will say that I want the prospect to like me. Others will say I want to collect docs. Uh, Some will even tell me that the goal is to sell the PEO concept. And I think that there's, there's a lot of ambiguity in the idea of what we are looking for in terms of an outcome for our first meeting. So I, I want to use an analogy that I use in, in my sales trainings, which is the idea of a first date. I think that our sales process in the PEO industry 
is much more similar to a first date than it is to an actual sale. And some might argue, well, first dates are sales, and that, that could be very fair too. But the purpose of a first date really is to decide if the two parties have an interest in seeing one another again, right? When we think about the idea of a first date, it's do I wanna spend more time with this person? Do I want to get to know this person more? Am I willing to do that? Do we have enough interests in alignment? Do we have enough goals or, or feelings, emotions, whatever the case may be, whatever your specific deciding factor is, do we have enough alignment to decide that we wanna see one another again? If you think about the idea of a friend coming back from a first date, you might ask them, do you wanna see that person again? And it seems strange to me then that if that is probably very similar to the core concept of our, of our initial meeting in the PEO sales process, why is it then that we have seemed to create this false, uh, false identification of success in an initial meeting as some sense of a win, some sense of a sale? The truth is, is we're not selling anything in an initial meeting. We're only trying to decide, do we have enough interest, enough engagement, can we create enough alignment that this prospect may be willing to meet with us an additional time. So I think that one of the biggest guides I can give to salespeople in the PEO industry is to change the focus of your initial meeting away from selling a service, away from selling what we do, and it's to focus again back on that big why topic. But the, the success, the outcome that you're looking for is very simple. It's an agreement from the prospect that they are interested in meeting with you again. They're interested in learning more about your business. I think when we begin to change that, that, that talk, that topic away from the sale and simply to the idea of alignment and a conversation, what we create is we create a much more collaborative sales approach and that's something that we're definitely seeking. Once you have established that the goal of your initial meeting is to ensure that the prospect has engagement and alignment and you've agreed to the idea that the next step in, in the sales process is going to be additional meetings. The next thing I wanna really help the listeners understand is that the process within your initial meeting never changes. And for my sales team, who I'm sure have grown absolutely uh, distraught over hearing me say this time and time and time again, the process is the process is the process. It never changes. Once you enter into your initial meeting with a prospect, your sales process should be, in, in every way possible, a repetition of the same process that you've, you've produced countless times before that. What I mean by that is not what some people will, will, will assume I mean, which is that there is no room for variation, there's no changes, there's no modifications, it doesn't factor in the needs or the, the thoughts or the comments from the prospect, none of that is true. What I mean by this is that the outline of your sales meeting should stay the same, no matter who you're meeting, no matter the, if it's the business owner or the janitor, no matter the size of the company, whether it's a company that is very familiar with PEO or not familiar with PEO, whether the company has a, a, a belief in what the PEO does or has never heard of PEO in, in their life, it doesn't change the process. The sales process always remains consistent. And there's a couple of reasons for that. First, if you have a consistent sales process through the initial meeting, your chance of, of getting the, the prospects buy-in to have more meetings is going to increase. 
because you're leaving less room for chance. There is a formula, there is an approach and a process that you can create within your, within your sales um, initial meeting that, that's gonna be successful and, and it's something that I'm sure I could spend a great deal of time talking about, but I think it's more important to understand that you need to create that outline, you need to create that sales process and you need to adhere to it. Once you have it firmly understood in your mind, once you are able to, to go in and out of that process, once, you, once you're able to truly memorize and know your sales process, it makes the, the running of an initial meeting much smoother. When you find a process that works, stick to it, adhere to it. Don't start changing your sales process every time you have a new or different type of prospect because what happens is you'll end up having too many different conversations, you'll have too many different outcomes. Focus on the goal of the meeting, which is obviously to ensure additional meetings, and work backward with the sales process that makes sense to achieve that outcome. There's one other thing that I wanna mention in your sales process, and that is this. Your initial meeting sales process should be your sales process, not the prospect sales process. Many salespeople, especially newer salespeople, will get derailed very, very early on in their initial meeting by the mistaken belief that if a prospect wants to talk about something, you need to talk about that. I'm gonna say this, just because a prospect decides that they wanna ask a question, interrupt or rebuttal something that you're saying during your initial meeting, does not mean you need to turn your meeting into a focus on those conversations or those interruptions. In fact, the best thing you can do is ignore what they've said and continue with your sales process. But by having a firm sales process, you're going to allow yourself to stay on track through the meeting and succeed in the outcome that you're looking for more often. Another tip I want to talk about, um, again, something that I, I think I probably say far too often with my sales teams, is the idea don't assume anything. And this is a, an interesting thought that I've had over the years in this industry. I've had the opportunity of working with a lot of different salespeople, a lot of different businesses, a lot of different locations in the PEO marketplace. And the best thing that I can say is that you should never assume anything walking into a business. And what I mean by that is a lot of times salespeople, myself included, will walk into a business, will look around, will see marble floors, fountains, beautiful art, and we'll make an assumption that when we see those things that this is a business that has a lot of money. Or we will read something in our research beforehand on the company. We'll read about a, a recent expansion or a recent lawsuit and we'll make an assumption about the company that this is a company that's growing or this is a company that's struggling with employees. And the truth is, is that you should never assume anything. More often than not, when you make these assumptions about the business that you're walking into, the, when you're making assumptions about the business that you're talking to, you're going to lead yourself astray more often than not. And what I mean by that is you're going to tailor your approach, you're gonna tailor your questions, your discovery, or maybe even tailor your, your PEO story to something that might not be the case. And it's not hard for a business owner or, or a prospect to deny your, your ability to move forward in the sales process, all they really need is one thing that they don't like. And if you make an assumption, chances are you're gonna be wrong. So never assume anything about the prospect that you're meeting with, about their business, about their location, their financial situation. Very simply, don't assume anything. 
If you find that you're one of those people who tends to make quick assumptions, I would suggest you do the only thing you can, which is don't look around too much, don't do too much research on your prospect. Trust me, despite what any sales trainer will tell you, it's not necessary to know everything about your prospect before you walk in the door. The best thing you can do is not assume anything about your prospect and you will have a much better chance of ensuring that the conversation you have is relevant to them. One of the next pieces of advice I want to give the listeners of of this podcast is something that is going to fly in the face of traditional PEO sales training. And it is this. A PEO is built around the model of co-employment. And that's that that fun concept in which we are sharing the the risk and the responsibility of employment with, with our prospects or with our clients in which we are shifting the liability off of their company and into our company or our PEO. And co-employment is a very, very exciting thing. It's the engine that allows PEO to exist. And obviously, I firmly believe in the model. I firmly believe in that engine. And here's what I'm going to say that's going to fly in the face of traditional PEO sales training. Never talk about co-employment. Don't talk about it in your IM. Don't talk about it during your sales process. The only time that you should ever talk about co-employment is when you get to your proposal. That's it. Don't share it. Now, that does not mean you should ever be deliberately deceitful or deceptive. If your prospect asks about it, you should tell them. You should be very open. You should be very honest. But don't talk about co-employment. Don't use the term co-employment. And there's a couple of reasons why. First off, The PEO solution and the value that we are able to deliver to our prospects is significant. But we're not able to really express the level of significance of our value until the very end of our sales process when we actually have a proposal. If you suddenly, very early on in the sales process, begin bringing up a complex idea like co-employment when there is not enough value created in the current sales process, you run the risk of limiting your ability to move forward. A big reason for this is that co-employment stems from the idea of employee leasing, which is an idea that was very, very big 20, 30 years ago, and essentially was what allowed employers who were looking to minimize their tax burden of employment were, were pushing their employees or or leasing their employees from other companies. It's it's something that should absolutely be researched if you're curious about it or want to understand more about the history of PEO. It's definitely valuable. But the PEO industry has come a long way from the employee leasing days. However, if you have business owners who have been around for a while or have been in certain markets, you introduce the idea of co-employment and they are going to be scared, they're going to be apprehensive, they're going to think back to the term employee leasing and they're not gonna like it. It's not something that you wanna introduce too early on. It doesn't mean that it can't be overcome. And again, it doesn't mean that if the prospect asks about it, you should do anything other than tell them the absolute truth. But it does mean that you don't introduce the idea when there's no need to. Focus in on the things that we've been talking about. Focus in on why, where's the value of our solution? How do we help businesses achieve goals? We'll get to the idea of co-employment and and the shift to our employee identification number. We'll we'll get to those things later, 
we don't need to worry about them right now. Right now, it's early in our relationship. We're on a first date. Let's have a nice conversation about things that, that we can both agree to and not worry about focusing in on things that we don't want to talk about just yet. One of the last things I want to talk about is something that's come up a number of times from my sales team, from other sales individuals that I've coached in the industry, as well as those I've simply been able to be a friend to during my time in the industry. And it's the idea of how do I collect docs from a prospect? I think everybody in the PEO industry, every salesperson will agree that the bane of their existence is collecting docs. And this is a very, very hard question to answer. But as with everything else that I talk about in my podcast and in my book, there is a process for it. What I want to do is I want to point out or or maybe even just explain very quickly what the standard process for document collection looks like in the PEO industry. So let's let's just give this example and I think that it will help to elaborate just the, the very idea of how ridiculous document collection looks in today's sales methodology. So you as a salesperson have secured an initial meeting with a business prospect, let's say he has 50 or 60 employees, and you're sitting down with, with, with the owner and you go through this idea of all the great things that the PEO can do for their, for their business, right? You talk about the healthcare programs and the workers' compensation programs. You talk about the payroll system and the technology and the HR support, all of these things that the business owner has probably never heard of before. Maybe they have heard of it, who knows? But it sounds interesting, but from their perspective, They've known you for 30 minutes. You're introducing a very new concept, a very new idea to them. It's a very hard thing for them to suddenly say, yes, let's do this. At the end of that process, what is it that we're going to ask for? We're going to ask for docs. So we, the salesperson, have known this business owner for 30 minutes. We've introduced a completely new concept to them that they're somewhat interested in, hopefully. And then we end the meeting with a request for private information, healthcare invoices, workers' compensation deck pages, loss runs, payroll reports, employee census information, renewal information. It's a lot. And not only is it frustrating and cumbersome for the business owner, but it's probably a pretty big letdown. And it's also probably a pretty big act of trust for them to suddenly hand that information to someone that they've known for 30 minutes. But that's our sales process today. And so that creates what I call the waiting for docs scenario, which is when I was running my largest team and we were managing all of our sales processes through Salesforce, I would look into the accounts and I would see my favorite phrase, which said, the date of the last meeting, outcome of the last meeting, waiting for docs. And that was the portion of their sales process. Let me tell you this, waiting for docs is not a sales process. It is the absence of a sales process. If you are waiting for docs, you are not in control of the process, you are not in control of the prospect, you're not in control of the sale. There is no such thing as waiting for docs. You are either actively working with the prospect to secure the docs, or you are not working with the prospect at all. What will happen, generally speaking, for our salesperson in that situation is that they will spend the next two to three weeks bugging the prospect repeatedly asking for the documents. Hi, this is Andy. We met last week. 
You mentioned that you were going to be sending over those documents for me to review so that I could get pricing together for you. I haven't seen anything, just wondering when I might be able to get those from you. This sounds pretty familiar, right? Here's the thing. The prospect is aware that they haven't sent you any documents. Reminding them is not going to help the situation. The prospect isn't sending you the documents because they don't want to send you the documents. It's that simple. This is going back to our dating analogy. This is like going on a first date, ending it with, I'd love to see you again, and then being surprised if they don't call you back. If you were the person on that date, would you repeatedly call the other person over and over again, asking them when you were going to see them again? No. You might give them one or two calls, but then you'd get the hint and move on. And yet in the sales in the sales profession, we have such fear of losing our prospect that we just continue to badger these people over and over again looking for these documents. The truth is, is they don't want to give you the documents. And this comes back to the, the very nature of the initial meeting, but it also comes back to the way that we collect documents. Now, we have worked and focused on how we can improve our initial meeting. We can improve our initial meeting by not talking so much about what we do and talking about why we do it. We can focus on engagement and alignment and the idea of a collaborative sales process so that we're going through that sales process with the business owner or the decision makers alongside of us. But it doesn't change the fact that we're asking for a lot of proprietary information after a very short time of knowing someone. So how do we change that? This is where the idea of an internal and, and an external sales process come together. In the PEO industry, we have two sales processes occurring simultaneously. Sales process external is the one that we're conducting with our prospect. In the external sales process, we are working with our prospect to understand more about their business. The internal sales process is the one that we are conducting that is going to be focused on securing pricing, getting healthcare approvals, workers' compensation, and risk approvals, and going through all of the internal rigmarole that allows us to succeed and achieve our, our final numbers that we can then present to our, our, our prospect or our proposal. And the internal process takes time. So does the external process. And in a prior podcast, I, I referenced the, the need for the salesperson to take as much time as necessary to win the deal, but to use that time in an intelligent way. If you use that time intelligently, you can spread out the document collection over time to ensure that it is as minimally disruptive to the prospect as possible. So what does that look like? At the end of your initial meeting, I'm gonna give you some guidance here. Do not ask for all of the documents. You want to ask for one or two of the documents that are often the easiest to obtain. Generally speaking, this is the workers' compensation declaration page, and it is a payroll invoice. These are the two things that are generally the easiest to obtain, and those are what I start with. Very simply, by using that information, I can begin to assess the risk of the business. I can begin to identify the employees, departments. I can get an idea of the gross annual payroll. I can look at the pay frequency. I can check out deductions. I can learn a lot of information from some of these reports. And there are two reports, and they are, generally speaking, very easy to obtain. So I start there. Now, in a week from now, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to spend some time with the business owner, other decision makers, and I'm going to learn more about the business and an analysis. At that time, I'm going to ask for more information. 
Maybe after that I'm going to have another meeting where I might spend time with the payroll person or an accounts receivable person who's involved in the HR of the business and I'll get the last remaining docs at that point. But the idea is that I can make the document collection process a part of the sales process such that it is minimally disruptive to the prospect. But for everybody listening, I want to remind them of what I said before. There is no such thing as waiting for docs. Do not repeatedly call your prospect asking where the documents are. Chances are they're not that interested. That's why they're not sending you the documents. Never end your meeting without another meeting being scheduled and make sure that when you do this, you're explaining the document gathering process, but spread it out over those next meetings. It will make the process much easier and your prospect will appreciate it. Well, thanks again for listening to the Selling From Why podcast. As I mentioned, don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll have new podcasts every single week that I'm available to do it. And for those of you who are dedicated to really improving your sales process and your sales method in the PEO industry, you can always find my book, Selling From Why, A PEO Story, on Amazon as well as Kindle Marketplace. Get out there, pick up a copy, and give me some feedback. Let me know what I could do to help make this show better. Send your questions and feedback to the email address in my profile. And again, I appreciate you listening to the Selling From Why podcast.